0: All right. Um, guys, we're so excited to be here with you tonight and be able to give the talk. Um, we don't get to do this very often, but it's kind of exciting that we yeah. are given this opportunity now. But before we get right into it um, and get in the midst of mm-hmm. things, um, we wanted to... You'll yeah, get it here you. in a second. Thank you. Thank, we'll you. thank you. thank you. Dad joke's are my thing. Um, okay. I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, Alexa and I. So what we do... <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's, that's my team. That, that's our team. Uh, anyways, yeah, I was going to talk about them. So, Alexa and I have the honor and privilege to um, be your co-presidents of crew and co-presidents of the weekly meeting. So, what that means is that we plan the meeting every week. We have a Tuesday night meeting where our, our team comes together and, and we try and plan the best meeting that we can possibly have for you guys and um, ultimately for, for Jesus. So, um, within that, we... Um, coach and lead the smaller teams within the weekly meeting like the band and and the tech team and um, any any part of the aspects of the the weekly meeting so um, we oversee that and also the the meeting on Thursdays outside of that we have a few obligations to the university um, whether that's just handling any any problems that come up or speaking with them because we are a student organization so um, we have to uh, abide by their rules and their regulations so that's kind of our job as well um, but most importantly, it is to love Jesus and to um, lead with, with him in mind at all times. And then um, we just love this movement. We yeah. ultimately want to see it grow and want to see it continue on this campus and around the world. And we love you guys, and, and we love what, what God is doing on this campus. Um, and we just hope that it is always an inviting and welcoming ap- atmosphere for years to come, um, forever. So.
1: Yeah, so tonight we're going to take a look at what it's like to have faith in the midst of trials that we all face. So before we get started, I'm just going to pray. So if you guys can bow your heads. Dear God, thank you so much for this evening and all these people that are here tonight. Um, I just thank you for the opportunity to be up here to speak. And um, God, I pray that you would just give me the words to speak. And I would pray that you would open hearts in this room and um, just your will would be done in here and it's your name I pray. Amen.
0: Amen. So yeah, to just bear with us for a little bit because tonight's gonna to look a little different than your normal talk um, that may be up here. It's more of like an interview so I'll be asking Alexa some questions. Um, she'll answer them and maybe I'll respond and then we'll just get to hear what it's like um, or what it's been like for her in the midst of her trials and um, just her life. So to begin I wanted to ask the first question. Tell us a little bit more about why this topic is so important to you.
1: Sure. So over the past few months, I would say about six months, I have been through arguably um, one of the hardest times of my entire life. Um, I've often felt as if I've lost control and I felt really broken down and I had even kind of come to the point of giving up. And I'm wondering if maybe that's where you are right now. Are you questioning the things that are happening in your life and the the things that are going on in your head and around you? Maybe there's a financial burden in your life that you just can't seem to get under control. Or maybe there are conflicts within relationships or strains within your family or close friends. Or maybe there are circumstances that um, deal with your health, maybe physical or mental. Or uh, maybe it's a grade in a class that you just can't seem to get up. For me, I had made some decisions that put me in a really difficult spot where I even found it hard to relate with my family and even my closest friends. I was trying to cover up the fact that I was hurting, but in reality, I saw no more purpose in my life. I um, felt really alone and I didn't see how God could use me based on my current state of life. Oftentimes, I think we see life in a big long line. We have the beginning where we're born, and there's the middle, and we do a bunch of stuff, and a lot of stuff happens, and then there's the end, and that's just it. Um, I think that's what we think of when we think of life as a whole. I think, though, that there is this middle part that we kind of forget about, and in that middle part, some crazy stuff happens. Some good stuff happens, some bad stuff happens, and even some downright hard stuff happens. The middle part has some twists and some turns. It's not quite as straight as this line would suggest. I think that the line more accurately would look like this. The middle is what I like to think of as the meat of life. This is where all that crazy stuff happens. This part of life is just any part of life that things are happening. So guess what, that's all the time. But we are bound to experience failures and trials during this time. And those can look differently for all of us, and we all handle those very differently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Life isn't just that easy, straight line that we get to mm-hmm. coast through um, and not have to worry about anything. But I know for me, there have been times that in the, in the middle of all the craziness, I found it hard to be reminded that things will get better. Um, but a verse that I continuously go back to in my own life has been from Romans 8.18, and that's, um, it says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will re- reveal to us later.
1: Yeah, I definitely think that God allows certain events to happen in our lives, and those events and those out, the outcomes of those definitely serve a purpose in our lives, whether we perceive them to be good or whether we perceive them to be bad. But there's also a ton of people in the Bible that have experienced trials and failures in their lives, and um, that's very similar to how we experience them. So, for example, there's this guy in the Bible named Jonah, and... Uh, Jonah was told by God to go to a city called Nineveh, and he was supposed to go tell them that they were about to be destroyed. So that's not great news to go tell someone. And so in chapter 1, verse 3 of Jonah, it says, Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And Jonah's disobedience to God's call landed him in a boat in a storm, and eventually he got thrown over the boat and he was eaten by a fish. So there's also the prodigal son. And in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is telling a story about two brothers and their dad. And the younger brother asks for his inheritance from his dad. So basically he just wanted all the money his dad was going to give him when he died. He wanted it right then. So his father gave it to him and he left home and he ended up wasting all of it. And when he had wasted all of it, he didn't want to go back home because he knew he had messed up. And so in verse 16, it says that the younger brother became so hungry that even the food he was feeding the pigs looked good for him. And this is my personal favorite. There's Peter. Peter and I are homies, and you'll, you'll know why in a little bit. Um, but Peter was one of Jesus' closest followers. And Peter, before he met Jesus, was a fisherman. But at the end of Jesus' life, um, Peter ended up denying that he even knew who Jesus was three times. And that left him in a pit of failure. He just felt like he had um, failed in the biggest way possible. So these are just three of the countless people in the Bible who we see in the midst of their trials. And um, we can argue that their lives were not going in that straight line that we talked about earlier. I would argue to say that their lives were kind of at rock bottom.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned that term rock bottom, but what does that actually mean? I know that I've used that term in my own life, but maybe I haven't thought about the terminology behind it or maybe how it would affect our own lives internally, Um, but sometimes we feel like we're at rock bottom, but could you explain a little bit more of what that means?
1: Yeah, so my definition of rock bottom kind of comes through my own experience, my own life, but I think rock bottom looks and feels a lot like rejection. And rock bottom is the point where we are very aware of our own sin and the quote-unquote bad things that we're doing in our life. I also think that rock bottom is a place where brokenness is present, and I think that Um, can manifest itself in, like, physical pain. Sometimes your heart actually feels like it's hurting and broken, and that would be the brokenness. And rock bottom is also a place where despair kind of seems to rule over your whole life, kind of like a cloud that just won't go away. Rock bottom is the point in life when you have a choice. For Jonah and the prodigal son and for Peter, up until this point of rock bottom, They had made decisions and circumstances had been placed in their lives that landed them there, in the belly of a fish, in a pigsty, and feeling like a huge failure. They had a choice, though, if they wanted to remain in that or if they wanted to keep moving towards the end of their story.
0: Yeah, true. So you said that they've made decisions, but then also circumstances have been placed on them. Mm -hmm. So how has this determined their current situations? What does it mean? What's the difference between the two?
1: Yeah, so our lives obviously don't all look the same. So my life does not look like yours, and my ups and downs look differently from all of your guys's. But it's pretty safe to say and to assume that we are all going to face trials of some sort to some degree. And... um, how we handle those are going to be different. But for example, for me, in the recent months of my trials, I would say I brought, the, I brought those on to myself. Uh, my trials were based on my decisions. Um, decisions I made were not only influencing my everyday life, so what I decided to do with my free time, but also deeper things that I couldn't have even begun to imagine at the time. I found myself not completing my schoolwork. I was carelessly putting myself in potentially harmful and dangerous situations. And relationships with my best friend and even my family were becoming increasingly hard to maintain. Maybe for you, some of those decisions like me include alcohol or unhealthy lifestyle choices. But maybe your decisions are fueled by um, things like an addiction to drugs or addiction to pornography. Maybe it's a romantic relationship or your desire to control all the situations that go on in your life, or maybe it's even your desire to achieve perfection or future success. These decisions that we make often shape who we are, what we're on our way to becoming, and then where we end up finding ourselves. For me, my decision, much like Peter's, landed me in a pit of failure. I found myself facing repercussions with my family, um, with my Christian friends, with the law, and even within my own self. I found myself in a place that I would describe as rock bottom, based on my very own choices. Essentially, I was the reason I was where I was. On the other hand of that, though, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that we have absolutely no control over, and these I like to call our circumstances. And those might be trials, like death of a loved one, a diagnosis from a doctor that just doesn't look good, maybe it's mental illness or natural disasters, it might be sexual assault or misconduct, or even acts of violence against innocent lives. All of those circumstances have the ability to put us in the same place of rock bottom, where brokenness and despair seem to reign. Whatever the reason your life and your line might look like this, you still have a choice of where you wanna go from here.
0: Yeah, so you're saying that there's a choice, but how do we know what choice to make or, I mean, what kind of choices are we talking about here?
1: Like I said earlier, we do have the choice. We have the choice to remain in our situation of brokenness and despair and rock bottom, or we can choose to keep moving down that line of life and I already know what you're gonna ask, how do we keep moving? So, that's a little bit harder to answer because I don't think we're asking the right question because life is gonna keep moving. We don't have a choice in that. Rather, I think maybe we should be asking, where do we go and find hope from here? Right now, Jonah and the prodigal son and Peter are just guys in the Bible who are in messy situations. They are in the midst of it all right now. They face trials, and they are kind of at rock bottom. But we also know that we face trials, so we've established those two things. But the cool thing about their story is that it doesn't end there. So if you remember Jonah, he is sitting in the belly of a big fish because of, di- because of his disobedience to the Lord. He was left with a choice, and in Jonah chapter 2, it outlines a prayer that he decided to pray to God. And in verse 10, it's right at the end of the prayer, it says that the Lord ordered the fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. There's also the prodigal son in Luke 15, verse 18, it says, Finally he came to his senses, and he said, I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And in John 21, 7, it recounts that Peter, who was buried in failure and shame for having denied Jesus, he sees Jesus on the shore while he's in a boat, and he says, it's the Lord. When Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, jumped into the water, and headed to the shore. I could yeah. bet you have another question.
0: I do. <laughs> yeah, shocker. But, uh, so yeah, so these, these guys made these great choices, and Sometimes in life we don't make the right choices. So why did they make those good choices? But then also, where do we find hope from here to keep moving?
1: So that's a little easier to answer. You see, we do this ridiculous thing, and I can say ridiculous because I am looking at it from a perspective of having been this way. And, um, but it might not seem ridiculous while we're doing it. But we do this ridiculous thing where we live like we're defined by the failures and trials that we're facing. Since the beginning of time, people have failed. God created us to live in perfection with him, but we chose to live outside of what he had created for us. Because of that decision, humankind has found itself in a perpetual state of rock bottom. But God loves us so much that he wanted to fix this broken condition that we had found ourselves in. So he did just that. And just like I faced repercussions for my poor decisions, we all deserve to face repercussions for our sin. But this is where God stepped in. Instead of us each individually facing the repercussions of sin, which is eternal death and separation from God, God sent his own son to earth to take our place. God took, or Jesus took on all the sin of the world, past, present, and future, and endured the repercussions of death for us all. He not only took on the repercussion, but he also had victory over it by raising back to life. And because of his decision to die on the cross, all we have to do in response is to make the decision to confess that we are in fact sinners and believe that he did in fact take on all of our sin for us. And this is the choice that we're faced with. For me, I made that choice when I was nine years old but in the midst of my recent trials, I found myself questioning what I thought I believed. I felt like the world was against me, and I had to fight my way through it all by myself. I thought that this hole that I had found myself in was just too deep. I convinced myself that it would be impossible to get out of. I was at rock bottom, and my choice was either to give up or to believe what I had already known to be true. For Jonah, He went on to do just as the Lord had commanded him to do. And for the prodigal son, his father received him back home and even threw a party when he got there. And for Peter, he went on to continue Jesus' ministry till the very end of his own life, and he changed the lives of so many along the way. When I was still at that state of rock bottom, I was so sweetly reminded of words that Peter himself had written in 1 Peter 1, 6-7. It says, So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world.
0: I love that verse. Um, There's so much truth in that. Yeah. So, how, how has this verse, I guess, helped you um, learn to be truly glad even though you've faced all these trials?
1: So, you know, I'm still facing earthly repercussions for my decision. Um, and that's just because of how our world works. And we have to answer to the choices that we make. But that's just part of my story. In my state of rock bottom, I made the decision to turn away from the things that had landed me there in the first place. And I turned to Jesus. I think the biggest thing for me, though, was personal forgiveness. I found it really, really hard to forgive myself for what I had done and where I had ended up, but it was because I was not putting my full faith in what Jesus Christ had already done. I've learned that God doesn't necessarily see us for where we are right now or where we have been, but rather he sees us for who he's making us to be. We are not defined by our trials, But rather, we are defined by the work that Jesus did on the cross. Trials have the ability to not only teach us who we are, which are broken and sinful people, but also who God is, which is loving and caring and forgiving and merciful and so full of grace.
0: Yeah, there's so much truth in that. And praise God for his grace and his love. Um, Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So even though it's often difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel, especially even right now, this week and the next two weeks to come in the midst of finals. um, We know that through the trials, there's hope through Jesus. Um, We can take that through many different circumstances in our life. So thank you, Alexa.
1: Yeah, thank you. I just want you all to be encouraged that while you may be in the midst of trials, the Lord can and will continue to use you. Our trials do not define us. In Revelation 21.4, it says, God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. These, are all, these things are gone forever. Our final hope is in the Lord.
0: So guys, before we transition into a time of worship, um, we wanted to give you all some time to reflect and to pray um, on the things that we've talked about. And then we'll also have some things on the, on the screen that you can turn to a neighbor or pray on your own. Um, It's up to you guys. This is your time um, to use it as you'd like to in prayer. Um, So if you feel that you need personal prayer with someone that's not sitting right next to you, we do have members of the prayer team that will be in the back and on the sides. And then also Alexa and I would love to step off stage and talk to anyone that has any questions, or um, we would love to pray for you as well. Um, So yeah, and after some time of prayer, I'll have Jordan and the rest of the band come up, and they'll lead us in worship together. But first, I'll pray, and um, I'll let you guys have it. God, we love you, and we thank you for this time that we can come together um, as one church, one body of Christ together and worship you. Lord, we, we pray that as we are going through trials and, and we are in the midst of, of our, our failures, Lord, that we will look to you, that we will know you and that we will love you, and that we will desire you more and more each day. Uh, Lord, thank you for this meeting and for crew and, and what it's doing on Ball State's campus. And Lord, I pray for these students as they go out this, the next few weeks, um, as they're going through their own trials, that you will just be with them. Uh, Lord, in your precious name we pray. Amen.